What's up, everybody? This is episode 87 of Cooldown Time. In this episode, our 2022 end-of-year coverage continues as we hand out letter grades to all the major third parties in the industry. Which companies killed it? Which ones stunk up the joint? Stay tuned and find out. So let's introduce your two-man panel for the show. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco. And joining me is the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, how you doing, man? Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, sitting here in the the new uh, the new uh, home, the new digs, mm. the new house, or it's an apartment, but you know, uh, what is a home, right? If not just a place to rest your. <laughs> well, why your are we head. doing this already? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a house is not a home. I hate that song. Anyway, um, all right. Yeah, man, I'm okay. doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, playing some video games, enjoying my time with the family. You know. You sound you sound rather healthy. Yeah, oh, if I say so myself. Yeah, you know, it, I am finally uh, not feeling like shit, which is like the first time in okay. uh, like half a year, maybe. Um, yeah, thanks to <laughs> you've I been have stuffy a, McGee have, since ninety two. Yeah, I have bro. a German infested uh, monster living with me, aka a eight month child. Uh, yeah, and he's yeah. a little stuffy now from daycare, and okay. so I feel like maybe the cycle will once again reach. Me and I will be mm. by next week, and when we're doing Game of the Year, I might be Stuffy McGee once again. You had COVID during Game of the Year, if you recall. That was oh, uh, yeah. that was quite a time for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so was. Let's not let's not do that. Let's again. Let's not do that again. Yeah. Let's avoid uh, COVID one nine. Um, yeah. Let's avoid that. Let's, let's Marco, how about that, you, man? man? How, how's it going for you? Oh boy. Uh, speaking of sick children. My daughter is averaging a new sickness every few weeks. Man, she went from pink eye to uh, to croup. Uh, whatever you, however you say that, croup, croup. I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a whole thing, bro. Um, I don't know what's going croup? on, man. This daycare like is, is, it, it's, it's, it's this like raspy, crusty sounding cough with, with a bunch of other junky symptoms and stuff. She's just, she, it, I don't know, man. This daycare is passing out Ebola juice to the kids, <laughs> man. With with the with the pulp with the pulp in that oh, bitch man, too. Yeah, no respect. Yeah, it's got. It, th- there's no other explanation for this. I mean, it, it's got to be some kind of agenda. By the government, it, it's. Um, I mean, look, I new new father, so the whole daycare stuff is new to me. So, but man, and I know people. Yeah. I know the kids get sick in daycare, but man, they didn't tell me they get sick like every forty five minutes is like a new sickness. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Great content, so great I've, content I've been... for the for the for the video game fans here listening to us <laughs> talk about our sick children, <laughs> yeah. sick children. Uh, they're like, can you please transition to the show? Um, we will get there, but, but, but forget y'all at the same time for, for judging us fathers, man. Listen, we're tired, but we showed up. So respect that. Um, but listen, um, we have a lot of great stuff to talk about in this week's episode as per usual, but we have even more exciting stuff to talk about, uh, as our end of year coverage, uh, nears the finish line, Pablo. We're already almost done. It's been almost two months of this, which is pretty crazy to believe, but, uh, we have our game of the year deliberations coming up in a few more weeks. We have some 2023 predictions we're going to be making, uh, before then. So there's a lot of interesting content we have coming your way. What better time? 
you hussies, to subscribe <laughs> to the show so you don't miss out. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and our official website at cooldowntime.com. And if you're feeling extra cool, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive. Now that Hive is back, apparently, uh, and it's it's alive. I don't again. know what's gone. Uh, we're, yeah, I didn't. I didn't check back. I ain't gonna lie. We ain't post shit on that. Uh, <laughs> on that platform there uh but nevertheless if you're interested in following us it's cool down time is where you can find us to keep us in your fov in between these here episodes uh pablo we got a lot to uh to get into this week so let's not waste any time let's jump into the first segment of the show devoted to the games we've been playing since our beautiful listeners last heard from us and we call that loadouts let's go all systems nominal loadouts ready and in case you're wondering you are beautiful I believe you are. It's true. Um, oh, now let's go ahead and yeah. kick off the show. I'm talking to the listeners, not you. Oh, I, I thought you were talking to me. I'm like, thank you, man. No, you're looking a little rough right now. I ain't gonna lie, a little disheveled. If you should. It's called the um, the that's the dad look. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. This was kind of you before <laughs> the, the dad thing too. Anyway, um, so you said we I could have blame quite everything on the kids. Now, you, of, now you're turning it on me. I can't. You're, you're breaking up. Um, let's jump in. <laughs> <laughs> the first game. I actually want to kick it over to you first, uh, all jokes aside, because you got some interesting ones. You got one from a series that is near and dear to my mm-hmm. heart, but uh, I haven't gotten to. So I want to kick it over to you first. Talk to me about Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Yeah, man. I mean, I jumped onto this quick. Honestly, I thought you were going to play it, too. And I was like, yeah, maybe something to talk about on the on the show. Uh, but listen, mm. I, I have to say, uh, for me... I don't have an affinity for this title. I never played it on the PSP. I honestly, a little embarrassing. I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know it existed. As a matter of fact, my mm. brother, who is uh, more of a casual gamer, was like, yeah, I played this on PSP, which was I blew my mind because I've never played this game. Um, I have an understanding of, of some of the story because of Zack and, 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 and how what that means to Final Fantasy VII as a whole. But, you know, I jumped into it brand new as 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 uh, possibly can be. And I have to say, off off the bat, I do think that this is this feels like a PSP game kind of reconfigured for consoles in a lot of ways. Uh, you can tell it right down to its level design and the way the story is structured and how you kind of grab missions and all that. But I, I wanted to get that out of the way because I wanted to... It's not exactly the remake. Well, it's not a remake, technically, that Final Fantasy VII Remake is. But besides that, I think this game does a lot good. Like... Well, you, it still has the Final Fantasy VII Remake combat system, which is fantastic. Which is, a, I think, a right. super underrated combat system. Something that I that I thought was the case then, but I think this solidified how fun it actually is for that action based combat with a lot of the kind of uh, you know still has a lot of your skills with a button press and, and the X and the Y. I, I like how that it, 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 they do that so well and it's so fluid and it, it, it works beautifully here. Um, I, I will say when it comes to just negative things out the game, it has everything to do with the kind of like the graph graphical fidelity. It isn't as sharp and isn't as nice as one might think after playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. But other than that, this game plays well. I, I would say that obviously the voice acting is a little grating with Zach. Um, and it, yeah. yeah, and it's I, question for you. Um, I heard that this game has a lot more voice acting than the PSP version of that, but was Zach always this kind of annoying? Um, in terms of how uh, he's yeah, yeah, he was. Um, now I have to say, I think 
the old voice actor was was also obnoxious, but significantly less obnoxious than this new but one. But here's the thing. I, 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 I had full intentions to kind of pause the game and kind of kind of play something else and come back to this later, but I've actually sure. played a little bit more than I thought I was going to play. And it's all, it's not, it, it's not grading because it's bad. Like, it's not grading because the guy doing the, the voices is bad at his job. It's the character. It's the way they portray him. He is like this hyper positive happy go lucky guy which is a direct contrast to the sullen fucking uh cloud strife and <laughs> yeah. stuff which is like com- emo yeah, yeah and they all look the same you know they have all have the same kind of outfits so you expect that right. kind of dour uh emo expressions going on and that's not the case ever and i think that's a cool little contrast in terms in terms of a difference and i know that cloud kind of idolized zach if i'm not mistaken in many ways and i can and it's really cool to see someone like cloud being the way he is and looking up to a person like this it's, it's that that dichotomy between that characterizations of the characters is super super dope and i really love it um so far, uh, I, I, it's a game that I am enjoying. Uh, I'm very curious where the story is going. Sephiroth is obviously being portrayed in a different light here. You know exactly how, yep. how that ends, but it's cool to see Sephiroth before the heel yeah, turn. Yeah, you kind of yeah. see, you kind of see the, you, you, you. It's cool because you know what's gonna happen, and you already the things you're saying. You know he's a damn liar. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's cool because it's you're gonna see that happen in real time. You know what's happening, uh, and yeah, and, yeah. and they don't, and it's super cool. But other than that, man, I think it's a really. I, I think if you're a Final Fantasy VII a remake fan, Final Fantasy VII remake period, I think this is a must play. I know Marco, you're kind of waiting on it. You're not, you're not seeing it as much of an essential game. I kind of do agree with that to a certain extent. And you did say not not to take any words out of your mouth, but you did say on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, that you're kind of going to wait for it for it to kind of be like an appetizer to re, to rebirth. I think that's fantastic. I think right. that's like a perfect right. way to doing this because. I want to go back to Final Fantasy VII Remake because of the way the game looks and just remember playing the game. So this does a lot for me in that way. But I'm, again, never played it. I, I, I am super excited to finish it because I, I want more of this. I love Remake. I want Rebirth. Cannot mm-hmm. wait. Uh, and so this is a perfect little side story to an already incredible uh, renaissance of the Final Fantasy VII franchise. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because with Rebirth, um, I don't want to spoil what the remake tease at yeah. the end um but uh the fact that we're seeing zach here and the fact that we saw zach there yeah, yeah. uh is is very interesting indeed uh in terms of how they're going to maybe utilize more of him than they did with the original final fantasy 7 so as a as a final fantasy 7 dork uh that is pretty exciting for me lore wise but um yeah it's, it's good to see that this game is is generally worth uh it's it, the time and money uh i think it's only 50 bucks yeah if, if i'm not it, mistaken I think correct? it's only 50 bucks it has yeah, a open yeah, critic so score bad. about 80 which i think is right on i think it's like a perfect sounds about right kind yeah. of game you know yeah yeah yeah, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll definitely swing back around to it uh, if I have a dry spell or if I'm coming up close to uh, rebirth to kind of get myself reacquainted uh, with all the Final Fantasy VII ness yeah. going on there. So good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you go ahead and keep going, man, with that next one you got? Because this is this is the one that you seem pretty excited oh, about. Oh man, so yeah. Go ahead and gush about this. Yeah, one. Marvel's Midnight Suns. You know, um, I am not, and I say this every year that a strategy turn-based RPG gets me. So I think. I'm a liar. I think I like these kind of games uh, because every good kind of one of these games comes out and I'm automatically hooked. Uh, what comes to mind here is um, is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, Wasteland. Uh, Wasteland. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, those games come to mind, and it's like, like, oh man, these are really good experiences if done correctly. Uh, but I will say that to call Marvel Midnight Suns a XCOM clone would be a disservice to Marvel's Mid- Midnight Suns because it's not that at all. The little that I've played of XCOM and and the lot of that I've played about Midnight Suns, they are different experiences altogether. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a definite uh, Fraxis who makes uh, XCOM. They definitely not they de- they didn't rest on their laurels like they didn't make an they didn't uh, make a reskin XCOM with Marvel characters which would have been dope to be honest they they sure. they took huge chances huge swings that don't always land but when it comes to the combat parts of the game it is absolutely amazing um it, it, it's not a traditional strategy uh turn based RPG uh because it has that card that was the question I was gonna ask you right off the bat I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt but that was the first thing I was gonna say is how how by the book is this versus how maybe uh, maybe tailored for for some casual play is well, it? It's hard to say in terms of a casual play because there's an added element of strategy with the cards. Uh, it's it it's uh, not quite okay. a deck building game like it's not a Marvel Snap like by any stretch of the imagination, but each character has a set amount of cards and you gain these coils that you can then research which then unlock more cards that you can replace each of those cards to each of the players and they all have their own unique cards that do own unique things uh and that's kind of the way uh think of it as armor or different load out load out for your character you can do that oh, for okay. your that's how that works um they're randomized you know what you have but they're not always given to you in the same order they're randomized you have certain things that you can add that will add special um moves or even give you the ability to re-roll or re- reshuffle the deck um and and mm-hmm. and really uh what i like about the game is that it really uh makes you feel like you're watching no albeit in a slow in a slow turn based turn based way, way yeah. These 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 known Marvel characters fighting because environmental hazards are a huge part of the game. I remember as a child with my brother playing Batman or or, or Superman and, and punching a dude and then building a house of Legos and then making them cr- crash through the Legos like that kind of like soup you know that kind of like um you're talking about what, like action yeah, figures, action or figures like doing that kind of stuff oh, okay i'm like what game is this? no no sorry <laughs> sorry i wasn't clear yeah playing with my brother action figures the kid like just with action figures them like crushing through like a, a house i built the legos you get that yeah all the time here you can do a move with a spider-man that kicks venom through like this hazard and it blows up huge explosion it looks mm. really cool all the stuff it, nice. it, it, they do a really good job to kind of uh have these marvel characters that you know and love and have them in these situations that you they've been in before but you're strategically approaching that so it's like you're in the mind of a spider-man in the mind of a blade and, and kind of setting up those moves um i i I think for me, what really does it is there is a second part to this game. It is, I, I call it mass, it's like the Mass Effect E kind of approach to uh, team building, right? You have these, mm. these superheroes, Captain Marvel, Spider Man, Blade, uh, Wolverine, all these guys. Uh, uh, and then you have these, you can choose the characters you want to build the strongest relationships with uh and by the way you do that is yeah in the app it, 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 it sounds like you're, you're describing persona almost. yeah it, basically i think the best way to look at it and it's a game that i've already mentioned it's three houses 
Fire Emblem Three Houses, where you go out, you do your thing, mm. and then you're at the school. This is the Abbey, which is the hideout. Oh, okay. And within the hi- okay. you have these conversations with these characters and these players, and I'm sorry, these these characters, and you do the activities. You can go fishing, you can go for a walk, and you build this relationship with them that unlocks other conversational pieces. They've become more uh, vulnerable to you and kind of talked about their past, but they also add a combat kind of efficiency uh, when you take them out on the field with you, where they're actually they can do more they have these better uh kind of combination uh moves with the cards uh if you build a stronger relationship with each of those characters um but yeah gotcha. man I, I i would say that part is the weakest part of the game because unfortunately fraxis for everything they've done in terms of for with with um with xcom and now this game with the combat there's still a little green when it comes to that third person walking around talking. It feels floaty. The conversations are cool, but the the writing isn't mm. great. It isn't wonderful in any, any way, uh, in any way, uh, shape or form. But ultimately, it's a really cool experience. It just those things ha- happen way too often. You are in the abbey building relationships as much as you are in combat. It, it isn't. It's like fifty mm. fifty, and at times it just feels a little grating. Uh, but ultimately, for me, I am incredibly obsessed with this game uh i'm playing about a mission or two a day uh if i'm working and when i'm off and i have time to game that's all i'm playing i that's literally all i'm playing i'm i'm really enjoying my time with it yeah i got one quick yeah. question for you how long ish of a game does this seem to be i looked it up because i was curious because you collect okay every there's a few missions and you you get spider-man you get wolverine i saw the roster and there's many yeah. many uh, characters I don't have, and I looked up the. T- it's about sixty hours. It is. <laughs> you ain't finishing this. It shit. is a beefy, <laughs> beefy game. Now I will say I am about twenty hours in now, and it's the story is really picking up. And I, the more I play, the more I'm upset. Now I am doing side missions and stuff like that, but I think you can probably do it in forty uh, if you just mainline it. However, you are okay. forced to sometimes do. Uh, some side missions in order to unlock a main mission, which kind of sucks, but it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, man. If you man, listen. If you if you finish this before you finish Xenoblade Chronicles three, I will fight your son. <laughs> no, no, I won't do that. In an argument, I'm just gonna argue. With him, <laughs> fight him with my words. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's good to see that you know that they actually pulled this off because it seemed for a while that like there was a little bit of yeah. some shakiness yeah. with how it was being developed and all that. But I guess it you know all is well that ends well. It's not a game that appeals to me whatsoever no. because of Marvel and because of the real time strategy. But let me component, tell you, but hey. I, I think it would appeal to you if this was anything that wasn't Marvel because the yeah the, the no, 50, absolutely the the combat part of it the the strategy stuff i think would get you i think you'd like it like just like like fire Emblem. probably would. the problem is is that the other 50 percent of it you have to have a some form of affinity or love or acknowledge about the marvel characters because it's cool to see robbie reyes scarlet witch uh blade and spider-man interacting in ways that you've never seen them mm. in any kind of uh, a marvel ip before so yeah got you all right all right, man. Well, let me go ahead and tag in real quick with the two that I got on my list here. Um, so starting off, I have put in about three-ish hours into The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt on PlayStation 5. Uh, this obviously has a next-gen version that dropped recently, and I have been trying this out uh, to just kind of, uh, you know, relive all the, the, the beautiful highs of this <laughs> game and also 
kind of see how it all stacks up with these little next gen upgrades they did in quality life improvements to kind of gauge how it how it feels in 2022. Um, gonna be a little controversial here. Um, although I have enjoyed the trip down memory lane so far, I have to be honest and say that the game feels extremely old. Um, it's a lot older feeling than I thought it was going to feel. Um, I think in a lot of ways in my nostalgic brain, I just forgot how clunky and janky and counterintuitive a lot of things in that game are. And this is not a next gen upgrade that is trying to modernize any of that. It's doing a few quality life improvements with, you know, new camera angles. Obviously the visual improvements are are pretty nice looking. And I'd say overall that looks really good. Um, but gameplay wise, in terms of like the menu and inventory, even some of the quest structure, particularly with, um, you know, uh, finding components and crafting materials to upgrade, to get new gear, uh, to, you know, craft Witcher gear and stuff like that. It's in 2022, it feels like a lot, you know? And so I honestly don't know how much mileage I'm going to get out of playing the game because I kind of want to leave my nostalgia alone and not let the the aging feeling of this game like tarnish my my love of it, if that makes sense. Um, But I will say that in terms of just sheer quality of the next gen upgrade, I would say it's pretty solid. I mean, it looks really nice. The performance mode runs really smooth. Um, the action, you know, the action feels a lot better uh, with combats, especially because of the extra, you know, frames to give you a little bit more uh, of responsiveness to the combat. Uh, even if you switch to ray tracing, uh, while that does knock it down to 30 frames per second, the ray tracing I think is really nicely done and adds a nice touch to, especially outdoor areas in the daytime with sun reflections and, uh, or if you're inside, like candle lights and stuff like that, looks really good. Um, and, uh, creates more of a, you know, uh, of an atmospheric feeling than the next gen look, uh, the last gen look rather kind of had, but, um, overall, um, if you're a Witcher fan, I, I do think you should definitely go back and and give it a shot if for anything else, just to kind of see how it looks. Um, and as far as how much of it you want to play, I think that's really just going to depend on your personal, uh, nostalgia with that game or just your tolerance level for a lot of very 2014 elements, yeah. you know? Um, so I don't know. Did you actually try this out or, or, or did you maybe not get a chance to? Just yeah. Yet? So I, earlier this year, I played about 35 hours of the game before the upgrade and I uh, downloaded it and I picked it right where I left off. Um, and I, I was at the rate, I bumped it up to ray tracing uh, mode and then I went down to 30 for the frames and it, it just was, it was, it was too much of a change like from 60 to 30 and it felt like I was like mm-hmm. it was stuttered so I'm like I'm gonna turn this off for a couple of days come back to it at 30 because I want to experience with the ray tracing stuff but I've decided that I am going to play this but I'm what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play Blood and Wine I've beat uh, I've beat Witcher 3 about four or five times now and I've only beat Blood yeah. and Wine once so I feel like mm. I want to experience the ray tracing because a lot of the stuff for with Blood and Wine, uh, that area of the game is very beautiful and very like it's very yeah, it colorful, is. and uh, yeah. I, I kind of want to just experience that 
one because I've only beat it once, and and I, I and I and I want to play it again. I, I enjoyed it very much, and I want to experience the the newness of the RT stuff and even of the frame rate stuff. But I'll do it in a way where I'll get a lot a little bit more out of it because I'm playing something that I've only played once. Out that at least that's my plan. If if obviously if I've because I when I played thirty hours this year, I felt the same way. Um, a lot of the your your armor set is damaged. Your sword's getting damaged. Fixing yeah, that's a, that that yeah. stuff kind of feels like ah, I don't really like that at all. Uh, so, but anyway, I I that's how I'm gonna experience uh, Witcher probably next year throughout gotcha. the year. Uh, you know, kind of like okay. how I did this show with Witcher, just kind of check in in and out, play play every mm. once in a while. I did ended up putting about 30, 35 hours, so uh, I'll definitely do that next year with with the new upgrade just to get excited for what's coming down the pike. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, and the next game I have on my list, I, I bit the bullet. Um, I went for it. I, I decided to go against my gut feeling, and I picked up Pokemon Violet. Uh, Pablo has talked about this game, or we talked about Scarlet, really, but talked about this game for the last few weeks. I'm going to try not to get too lengthy with this, because I know we've talked a lot of Pokemon over the last few weeks, and it's, it's probably getting a little old. But um, I will say this. I really feel in my heart of hearts that between this game and Arceus, I think Arceus dog walks this game, in my personal opinion. It's very subjective, obviously, because, you know, these games are doing slightly different things, but they're also kind of, you know, one for one in some respects. You know, taking this formula of Pokemon and and putting it into open world structures is, is something they're both doing, but I think, to me, Arceus... Far and away outclasses the other. Um, and the reason why, I think, is really because, to me, the open-world structure of, of Scarlet and Violet feels very vapid. It feels extremely um, amateurish at times, especially with the map design. I find that map, that open-world, to be completely uninspiring to me. Um, I think a lot of those towns and villages are, are largely pointless. Uh, and I do feel that the... Uh, the intention of a go anywhere and do whatever you want in any order you want type of premise is completely lost because of, um, you know, the, the leveling issue, uh, which basically keeps you from approaching things in whatever order you yeah. want. You you do have to play this game in a set order. And you mentioned that on the yeah. show before. And uh, it's true. And I, I didn't really realize how detrimental that was going to be until I experienced it myself and realized, oh, I have absolutely no business being on this side of the map, apparently. Oh, this was the total wrong gym to do at this point in in my playthrough, you know, and that just kind of defeats the purpose of what was supposed to be a very freeing and open ended uh, rendition of Pokemon. To me, it just feels like um, they they kept the spirit of the linear games and just sprinkled it over a larger map and and gave you minimal direction to feign this open endedness and freedom that you don't actually have. Um, the performance issues, they're there. Um, there's no denying that. It's, is it the, the, the worst thing of all time? It's not, but it was detrimental in some respects. Um, but my issues predominantly are with the actual game design aspect of, of this experience. I will say in closing, I think if you skipped Arceus and you went right to this, the open world nature is going to feel like a revelation to you and it's going to be fun. Uh, for me, it feels a little old hat, and it feels like a slower and more mundane version of what I think Arceus did, um, especially when it comes to combat being a lot snappier in Arceus. This game is very slow. Yeah. 
Um, and I felt combat exhaustion constantly because the only way you can catch Pokemon is by battling them. And that's, to me, as somebody who likes to collect them, that's just a really arduous type of thing to expect. So it's, it's, it's not a game that I have played in about a week. Um, I don't know if that means I'm done done, but I definitely felt the need to step away from it and kind of reevaluate uh, what I thought of the game and compare it to Arceus. Um, and right now it's not for me. But maybe that'll change if I, you know, end up with an appetite to come revisit it again soon. But for now, it's not really hitting. Yeah, I mean, I, my, um, I, I, I'm like in the other end of it in terms of how much I enjoyed the game. But there's a huge caveat to that. I literally read a list of places to go in order to get like to yeah. really enjoy it. And I didn't play this game as an open world game. Like I didn't go veer off on my own path and do things and find and explore because I was on a set path because that's the way it. it and that's the way it kind of made the game work for me. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I was, you know, that list prepared me to kind of encounter each of those things. And I was like, molly whopping them. Like, it was it was easy. Yeah. But it's because I was reading it off a list. So there's a huge caveat to that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you. I think that for me, I like what Scarlet does just based when compared to Arceus because I felt like I felt a little aimless in Arceus. Like, I didn't know exactly what the end all be all of it was i finding getting the stars for me wasn't very interesting uh but in terms of a gameplay aspect um i don't understand why scarlet or violet didn't implement the the throwing of of the of the pokemon balls and free catching and stuff like that i don't know why they didn't do that maybe it's a design thing these games were being designed i think simultaneously so maybe that's what it is maybe maybe the next uh mainline pokemon game will have the best of both both worlds because i feel like if scarlet and violet had a lot of what arceus had i think it would be an exceptional game and i think that they the Mm -hmm. whole open world of it is 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 a lie and because of the level cap the level cap is is massively uh hinders this game it 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 it, yeah. it just does not make it work the way that they are marketing it because there is no level cap capping which is yeah in, wild which is wild and for perspective I mean this is the one of the worst cases of that I've ever seen yeah I mean I've never seen it cripple a game as much as yeah. it did with this one for me yeah I mean sometimes in other games you you notice it but you can kind of you can kind of get around it and it's not that much of a hindrance this this is like a showstopper yeah. issue for me yeah because because you're, you're completely derailed and then you're like well i don't know what the hell to yeah. do i have to go online so you know looking up a guide is like essential reading and that shouldn't be what your you game can't is built play around, this game you know? personally i don't think you could play this game and fully enjoy it as a pokemon casual without some kind of guidance and that's not that's right that's not good game design at all but exactly with all that said i love this game <laughs> very much but i it's 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 a huge, again, I'll repeat myself, a huge caveat to that because I had mm. my hand held throughout it and I enjoyed it in the way in which basically was meant to be played. Uh, I would rather yeah. have them cut the open world bullshit out and just make it linear and I would have enjoyed it like, if it was more like Sword and Shield, I would have enjoyed it just as much because I, the open world of the game means nothing to me. I didn't play it that yeah. way. It, it did, I didn't play it like I was playing uh, Grand Theft Auto or or any other of the great open world games. This is an embarrassment to the open world genre because of the horrible level design to it and the level capping stuff. Yeah. But 
Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of negative I can well, say about it, but it just there's something about it that just kind of caught me in the right way. With it, just had really good fun with it. So it's it's a weird yeah. thing with me, and it's it's the game that I'm struggling with the most in my top ten. Like I don't I don't know where to put it. I don't know if it makes it. It should make it. I want it to make it, but it keeps falling, and it's like it's on it's teetering. <laughs> you know, I keep on falling. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it happened. Alicia Keys, y'all. What's up? Um. Yeah. No, I agree though. All seriousness, I think I think it's going to be a really interesting one to talk about this this uh, game of the year deliberation uh, time. I mean, Arceus it, versus it's Scarlet. Weird, man. Pokemon. Pokemon in general is always a wild card. You know, just with the way that those games are. Sometimes they, they they're so bad they're good. Um. And then sometimes they're actually good. And then most of the times they're kind of like eh. yeah. So it's weird to figure out how they'll fit into the picture, but um. One game that is uh, an interesting one, huh. to say the absolute least, bare minimum, is uh, High on Life, Pablo. Um, I have a feeling you're pulling up Open Critic right I now. Is that what you're doing? Because that, <laughs> I know this man. Yeah, another, it's, he wanted to know. It's some more bullshit. Where are we at with that number? 68? 69, which is kind of apropos, right? Fitting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look. Um, look, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Um, you know, obviously... You know, I don't think a lot of people need to know. You know that this is this is uh, the the Rick and Morty just yeah game a Justin Rowland minus game. the Rick and Morty. But I want to give it to you. What do you think about this one? Where are you at with that? Imagine going into uh, a Michael Bay film and then leaving the theater and being like, I can't believe Michael Bay directed that because that's kind of like what I, I, a lot of things that I'm seeing here with the Rick and Morty stuff with the with the with the was it Justin Mor- Rowland? I think that's his name. Um, I don't know. Kind of humor of it all. I think that this game is, for me, one of the biggest surprises of the year because everything that we saw with the trailers and the marketing just felt fucking stupid. It just it, it just exuded dumb, immature, silly bullshit. And guess what? It's dumb, immature, silly bullshit. However... There's some really like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. there's some really fun act, uh, shooting to this game. There's some really cool moments. I think that the game isn't it, it isn't just about the the talking guns because honestly, uh, Horizon Forbidden West had more in game banter in this game. As a matter of fact, you can turn off the in game banter on this game completely if you wanted to. Uh, it it, it yeah. understands that it could be annoying, but I I think. Um, Roland brings like his style of pop culture, observational comedy, not just to the story, but it, it, it's also just kind of, it's hard to make a game that's funny, like a comedy game. And I think that a lot of the comedy here isn't necessarily my kind of comedy, but it for me, it isn't, exa- it isn't like, ooh, that's not funny or that's not bad. It's funny. It's just funnier to other people. You know, that that's the kind of vibe that I get off of it anyway. Um... But yeah, I think the game design is pretty cool. I think some of the level design is pretty cool. I think the the game, the more you play it, does get a little repetitive, uh, and ultimately at the end, it just it just feels like you're doing the same thing over and over. Pick up a bounty, go through the thing, go kill the G three uh, the G three boss, and then rinse and repeat. Uh, but a lot of the in game moment stuff, like breaking the fourth wall stuff, is really funny. The whole IGN 
polygon Kotaku stuff was funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I killed an enemy last night, and he goes, oh, his dying words like, don't cancel Game Pass. And then he's literally, <laughs> he died. Uh, it's, it's stuff like that, that they really are, are breaking the fourth wall in a way that is interesting to me, because as a video game fan, they're breaking the fourth wall of the stuff that I am a huge that's my hobby it's my main hobby and and they're really talking about things that i even say in my head like oh this is this is how uh, this is probably what they're thinking and i i i really enjoy that i think that they do uh they do a really good job with that kind of stuff jester roland is a huge gamer himself and so you can tell that like there's a portion of the game where another example a quick example is like oh he says this is a quick platforming you know like lucky's tale or that other game with the with the plumber the super mario thing or you know it it says it says things like that. It's talking. It's yeah. talking my language. Um, I don't think this game is going to be a game of the year contender in any way, shape, or form. I do think that it is a lot better than I thought it would be. I think it's a lot better than its sixty nine grade like uh, score suggests. I I think that's insane. Um, but I mean, I I. I fully expected to play this game for 15, 20 minutes and be like, all right, get the fuck out of here. This is another dumbass one of these games. Uh, and no, I, I, it's a game that I put real time into, and I'm, I've am i enjoyed my time with it so far, knowing full well it has big problems, but it isn't an unplayable piece of shit mess. mess. Mark, what do you think? Got you. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um you know, as uh, some people will know this about me, I've talked about it in, in in the shows past, but I'm not a real big fan of of funny in in video games. I think a lot of times that's a very hard thing to pull off, and I think that a lot of times the the humor that we get in most games from most developers it usually borders on cringy, yeah. uh, irreverent type of stuff, and and a, a lot of times that's that feels like that's always what we get and that can get really exhausting so i tend to steer clear of games that are generally um trying to to evoke laughter um i'm not really looking for that with games i would rather watch a stand-up comedy special or something if i want if i wanted to laugh about something yeah. but you know look i i put in a, i i, I want to say i got to no i definitely finished the first bounty uh, so I got past that part, and a little bit after that, I will say this: I don't find anything about this game offensively bad. I don't think that the gameplay is bad. I actually think, in some ways, it's it's kind of solid. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the ideas that it has, especially with like the juggling thing, where you can fire like this that green yeah. goopy stuff, and then the enemies like float in the air, and you can kind of devil may cry it with your gun. I thought that was kind of dope. I was like, okay, this is trying some interesting things out. Um, as far as the sense of humor goes, you know, look, I, I'm not a big Rick and Morty fan. I tried it. It's it's not for me. I, I think it's that same kind of nervous stammering thing that this, this this guy always does. We, we gotta go and we gotta stop. We got we gotta kill the bad guys. We got. It, it's just it's just constantly that. And I just to me after a while, even though there's there's moments where I will smirk or let out a chuckle, it, to me it, it does get a little old. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's great that it has the option to turn off the voices of the guns, but so much of this game does admittedly kind of hang its hat on that. Being, it does. You know, the, one of the gimmicks, you know, it is the gimmick. Um, it's not a game that I plan on finishing. I, I really just wanted to get a feel for it. It was a big exclusive for Game Pass that a lot of people were looking forward to, and I got my share of a sample size. And, you know, I, I find myself kind of 
I would say more or less I agree with the 69 rating to me. I think that is... To me, it's apropos if it's like just shy yeah, of I, a 7 out of 10 kind of game. I feel like that's what it is The reason why I don't agree too much is because as the game also progresses, you get more guns that talk, but they actually get a little bit more complex with their alt fire. Like, there's a gun called Sweezy, and she her gun she controls time and so you can shoot out this big ball of time and then shoot everybody within that ball excuse me it's like a big ball of like slowing it's like a big ball and it just slows time down it's i i, I just say a big okay. ball of time <laughs> sorry i don't know why it's, but it, it, they're all fire is like this dome and everything in that dome is slow and you can just shoot into that dome and then when that dome explodes everything in that dome that you shot up explodes and dies or it, tra- it works for traversal gotcha. as well you can slow down a platform and jump in, in clear areas and or, or slow down fans and, and as the game mm. progresses that way the gameplay gets a little more complex like you know i know you like kenny and, and, and shooting the blob and so and then shooting people up in the air each gun has a interesting thing gus is like gus is like the shotgun of the game and it's voiced by jb smooth which is hilarious yeah i love that he Dude, is I, only pull, I only have gus out because he they have like the same kind of lines and it is it's exactly how you think he would say like it's so funny yeah. and his is like more for traversal he'll shoot out this sharp thing that you can actually use to climb so as the game goes on the gameplay actually gets better like it gets a little more complex it gets a little bit more like try hardy like it it, it it does things that other games that are within this genre do less of with their guns and i think that that's something to be awarded mm. with okay. I, I would say it runs more about a 74 for me just because of how fun it is to actually play the game as the game progresses it's very rare does the game as the more you play it it gets even better in terms of the complexities it introduces new mechanics constantly and it, it is actually pretty fun to play but yeah yeah. Interesting, man. Ple- kind of a pleasant surprise yeah. for some people, which is cool. Definitely not mad at that. Um, but that is going to do it for uh, loadouts this week. Uh, that was quite a bit, but hopefully y'all enjoyed that. Let's move on to the news segment of the show that we call Hit Points. Let's go. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, so we have two hit point news items this week to cover, Pablo, and uh, I'll kick it over to you first to uh, start us off with what you got this week. Talk about it. Yeah, so, you know, according to Windows Central's Jess Corden, Xbox absence from the Game Awards was due to Xbox apparently planning a direct state of play like showcase in early 2023. I, I, with 2022 being such a it's a wash for Xbox when it comes to first party output, starting mm. 2023 with a bang would do a lot in the way of starting with a fresh clean slate and kind of forgetting the mess that 2022 was. Now, if these rumors are mm. are and the speculation happen to be true, what should we be expecting from Xbox uh, that Xbox showcase or, or early this year? Well, I mean, before I answer that question, I'm gonna be honest. I I smell bullshit with this with this whole answer. And to me, um, when you look at the way that Xbox started this year off, the first four or five months were complete radio mm-hmm. silence. We didn't hear anything about anything. I remember talking about it on on the show um, when you were out. You know, when your son was born, I went off about that because I'm like, y'all spent half the year being completely quiet. So it is in their nature. 
in my opinion, based on what we've seen historically, for them to just kind of coast through the first few months of a year. But I, I, I think, in my opinion, the this has kind of been a perfect storm of 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 bullshit for them over the last few weeks. You know, your your prices of your games go up ten bucks. You no show the game awards, right? Um, you have nothing going on this holiday season in terms of a big marquee game. And, you know, a lot of other things just have kind of fallen by the wayside for them. And a lot of their momentum has been stifled this year to say that and that's just my opinion. You know, people can disagree if they want to. So having said all that, they whether it's bullshit or not, they do need to do a show like this because it's time to start seeing some games. Um, and the answer to the question, and I, I hate to say this in this snarky way, as far as what I want to see, I want to see anything. I want to see whatever they want to show. Like, honestly, I don't care whether it's Avowed. I don't care whether it's Hellblade. I don't care whether it's it's Fable or Starfield, Redfall, whatever fall, fall season. I don't care. I just need to see some games, you know, because it's time to start hearing about what this mystical 2023 is going to be. So what I'll say is this. I think at minimum, if they're going to do a showcase at, at the beginning of the year, like they say they are, I need to see at least five quote-unquote AAA games being shown. At least five. And I want about three of those to be new announcements or games that we haven't seen in forever. Like if it's just like, oh, here's the latest update for Forza Motorsport and here's the latest Redfall trailer, that's not going to be enough for me. I want to see some of the stuff we haven't seen in full or in a decent way yeah. in a long time. Like I want to see that. And I think if we can get that, then I'll be satisfied. But I just I, I really hope that they attack next year the way that we've been hearing um, just in general. But I want to yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of disagree in that. Well, let, let, let's let me rephrase. I, I think that. Them skipping the game awards really didn't make any sense to me. Now this makes more makes that make sense in that when they have the showcase, if they have the showcase, to your point, they 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 not only they're not I don't think they're gonna show anything new. I think they're gonna show more Redfall, Starfield, and 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 Forza, and maybe Hellblade. But here's the thing, I agree with you. Unless they show Redfall and they give me a release date. They show Starfield and they give me a release date. They show Hellblade 2 and give me a, a release window. Like, these first-party games that were coming out... 20, they said coming out 2023 is going to be big for them. Then I need to see this because if, if they withheld those announcements from the Game Awards because they wanted to have their own stage to then announce these things... That's fine. That's great. That's the number. That's the first step you do to start people making people forget the disaster that was 2022. And you have to do it early. You have to do it in January. However, if it's a showcase and they show Redfall, they show Starfield, and they show Hellblade, and they show uh, Forza, but just a new trailer, nothing concrete about when these games are coming out or coming soon or even coming spring, I don't think that's enough. That's huh? an L. Yeah, that's, that's enough. I don't think that's enough. I think that they have to come out swinging. Be Redfall comes out February. I don't care when it comes out as long as it's early. I just need the date. I need to know it's coming out in February, March. Mm -hmm. uh, it, Starfield is coming out. I, I know that, that. I know people will be like, "Well, they shouldn't really put dates and stuff because in that." I, I agree, but it's tough shit. 
if you're going to put your spotlight on yourself uh, in this way, I got to see something. I got to see some dates. Uh, because you're telling me 2023 yeah. is going to be huge. You skip the Game Awards because you kind of want to step up on your own stage and, and, and show out on your own. All right, cool, show out. Do your thing. But show me something that isn't just a new trailer of Redfall with no date. If I see Redfall one more time with no date, I'm losing it. <laughs> Yo, I'm it's so my, annoying. You're I am right. going You're to right. lose it because it's like I don't want to see any more of this game. Um, I, I don't care anymore in terms of what you're trying to tell me what this game is or isn't just let me play the game and let me play this game soon that's all i'm asking you know and, and i think it'd be really dope if they show those games and at the end they show fable uh and they don't give you a release date for fable or a release window that's okay but i need to know that in 2023 i'm not getting these games maybe i you know i'm getting these games when and and and, and i need to know that early because to your point i Oh, we're doing a showcase. January comes around, nothing. February comes around, nothing. No, it has to be. I don't even think February is early. You're saying soon. That's got to be January. That'd be January 1st. Happy New Year's. Here's a showcase or something like that. Like It has to be like yeah. that. Um, now, Jez did follow it up and said that the, his reporting about an early showcase seems to be a lot more realistic now. Uh, he said he's heard some some things. He goes, well, there's smoke and there's fire here. There's a lot of smoke. So that's, that's encouraging. But... Besides the fact that it, if this showcase does exist, I need to see dates. I need to see them. It, it just mm-hmm. it just has to happen at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, Xbox's biggest problem is they are terrible at marketing. Uh, yeah. Their rollouts for things is god-awful. I mean, they miss the boat on so many things. You have... You know, you worked out this agreement to get high on life on the consoles. I, I don't, I don't think I saw yeah. anything about this game until it actually dropped, uh, and it, it just completely became an afterthought. And that was one thing that you had that you can wave in front of people and say, "Well, at least we have this." It might not be the be all end all game of the year kind of it thing, but we got it. So let's put some backing behind this. Let's let's draw some attention to it because we worked out this deal. We might as well shine a light on it. We got nothing else going on, and they don't even do that either. So like. You're right. They have a problem with, um, you know, just here's here's a new trailer of this and still wondering when we're going to get it. Like, you, you can't do that. You cannot do pattern. that again. We waited too long yeah, as it is. Did with Crossfire X where nothing, nothing, nothing. So here it is. Here's the game. And it's god awful. But, you know, it's the, the marketing yeah. is so bad. Like, like Warhammer Dark Tide is not a game that I'm interested in playing in any way, shape, or form, but they said this game that game was coming out in summer for Game Pass for consoles, and they got like a silent uh delay on consoles. Yeah. And it's like, where's this game? Yeah. I asked Marco a couple of days ago, I'm like, where's this game at? I thought it was on on Game Pass. And he's like, I think it got delayed. I looked it up, like, sure enough, it got delayed like four days before it was supposed to release. And it was like <laughs> nobody talked about it. It's like, what are you guys talking about? You guys don't have you guys have a lot of games coming out on game pass but they're they're major staples that you got that you guys have pushed in the past that all of a sudden you're staying quiet on like days before they release super weird man i i i don't and then they'll, and then they'll back up scorn like uh, like and they talk about that oh, so much yeah. it's like why why would you talk that game up like that's a game that should have gotten the silent treatment uh, dude it's so yeah. weird 
Yeah, dude. It, they, they, like I said last time, they seem shook. To yeah, me. They, they seem I completely so. disoriented. They, they're not themselves, and they are really squandering I, a lot of momentum. I mean, right now they have a lot of you know Xbox enthusiast podcasts that are kind of carrying their their name better than they are, which is sad in my opinion. But that those are the only people that are vocally like happy with no, this yeah. right now that I've seen. I mean, unless you're just a flat out fanboy, I mean, you can't look at this path they've been on and say they have really maximized this generation so far they've squeezed all the juice out of it that they yeah. could so far like it's just been, it's been sad it's been so, so bad that i am of the f- mindset that they are doing this on purpose in that they are letting 2022 be a complete wash because that's the only explanation i have for how bad they've been this year you know where it's like they don't want to talk about anything they don't even want to talk about high in life nothing that's coming out in 2022 they're done with 2022 2023 is going to be their year so we'll see there's a lot riding on 2023 because even if they give me all those trailers and they have all the dates that i want now those games got to be good so there's there's a lot going yeah, on they, they have that's, they have a lot too. riding yeah. on 2023 and um they they, they this is the year man PlayStation has has uh, yeah. Spider-Man in the fall, and so far, first party wise, nothing else. So the, if they want to take some market share, this is the year to do that. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, they got to yeah. kick it into gear, man. It's 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 kind of getting a little spooky out here in these uh, Xbox streets, man. I'm, I'm, this console is just sitting there, man. It's just sitting there looking at me, going, I don't know. I ain't got no games. I mean, it's just it's just kind of unfortunate. For the first party, for I mean, sure. my daughter is get my daughter's getting more Xbox use than playing? I am right now, just because Paw Patrol <laughs> is on there. That's that's all that's all it's been on for. To be honest with you, Paw Patrol and trying a little high on life, and she's getting me a lot of achievements. By Very the way, nice. I gotta say, this kid's racking them up. Uh, let me move on, man. Uh, let's get to our second and final hit point news item this week. Uh, Pablo, The Last of Us Part Three is allegedly already in production at Naughty Dog and will be the next game from Neil Druckmann after Factions is released. This comes from a reputable leaker, viewer Anon, who already leaked the on-screen character that Ashley Johnson, who is the voice actor for Ellie in the games, will be playing in the HBO adaptation of The Last of Us. So he seems to be quite legit. So what do we think, Pablo, about this news? And more specifically... Um, where do we think the story can, will, or should go next? Yeah, I'm a little confused because Neil Druckmann was very cocky about the next game I'm working on, you're not going to believe it. And now it's The Last of Us 3. I'm like, nah, I believe that, bro. <laughs> I, I, de- I believe that. So yeah, believable. Super, I, I don't super know believable, if he's... Uh, apparently, the leaker does said that he is directing the game, so I don't know if he's pulling double duty and doing both those games. There's a rumor that it's a fantasy game that he's working on as well. But that the next game after fra- uh, mm. Fractions, uh, Factions is going to be The Last of Us 3. So in terms of what I what I want to see with the story, I don't know. I, I don't know what I wanted to see with Part 2. Uh, and they delivered for me. They, I love Last of Us Part 2. They delivered. So I trust them in them giving me a story. What I would like to see... I would like to see like a full circle conclusion. Like if the game, if the first game was about love and the, the second game was about um, was about revenge, then the third game should be about redemption. You know, with Ellie or something like that. Like I, I think that for me, and I'll give you kind of like my perfect ending. It ends with Ellie giving up herself to, to for the cure at the end of it. You know, for her finding finally herself, and, and that's kind of like the full circle of it all, right? Uh, and I, I, I don't know where it's gonna go. I, I have a feeling we're gonna get the tandem again. We're gonna get Abby, but we're gonna get Abby with Ellie. I think together. I think that's probably gonna be what happens. Mm. Or 
Maybe none of that. Maybe it'll just be a whole new game in the in in, in, in within the Last of Us that they're just dubbing three, just to kind of give you. I don't know. There's a lot they can do. Um, but I kind of would like to see that full circle conclusion come all, all the way back around and kind of des- uh, Ellie quote unquote fulfill her destiny uh, after all is said and done. Mm. That's kind of where I would want it to go. Um, I'm gonna throw a little spice on this, man. Let me throw a little spice here. Um. I don't know if I necessarily want to see Ellie. Yeah. I don't know if it's that's probably completely unrealistic. Let me uh, let me just put that out there now. This is me going complete pie in the sky here. But I think I had my fill of Ellie after The Last of Us Part 2. Um I think her arc went to me as far as I kind of wanted it to go. Um you know, she threw her perfect you know, epilogue with, you know, her, her, her girlfriend away to go get revenge, lost some fingers, uh, came up short anyway, and now is kind of in the ether. And, and in my brain, I could live with that being her end. She just kind of, you know, not a part of the story anymore. Here's what I would like to see. I have become a member, card carrying member of team. Abby. Same. Yeah. After 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 I let some time pass and I got over the whole Joel stuff, I actually really like her her character and I like how in in a weird way she be, kind of became yep. the new Joel in uh, part two with her and Lev. I want to see that relationship. Truly. I want to see more of that. I want to see Lev grow up and I want to see the way that you know their relationship blossoms together and maybe what Abby realizes about what Joel was doing because maybe she's following his footsteps and doesn't even realize it. And maybe she'll feel remorse about what she actually did to him realizing, Oh, I know why he did what he did to save Ellie's life because I would do the same shit for her, you know, like, um, or him, I'm sorry. Um, that would be a really awesome thing to see because I think there's more there. There's more you can extract out of that where I think Ellie's story is just a bit, to me, it's a bit done. Um, and, and I don't think there's really a yeah. reason to, to circle back to it unless, unless he has a I mean, great I, idea, you know, and, uh, or unless, or unless he's feeling pressure to keep Ellie in the say. story because of the HBO well, connection and not wanting to completely abandon shit. Well, I mean, he, they did a lot to make you not like Ellie in, in, in part two. And so I almost feel like maybe Neil Druckmann would want to challenge himself and make you fall in love with Ellie all over again. Uh, he does like to challenge himself like that. I mean, it's the reason why he did too. I think he wanted to kind of make you rethink the way you think about Ellie within this world. And yeah, I, I just hope that, I just hope that they don't do this game and it's just darkness for the sake of darkness like game opens up with abby and they kill lev and you know like 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 this stuff like that <laughs> oh, i hope yeah, it's not yeah. like that i i i don't Shock yeah i don't kind of thing, come yeah. into these games for levity in any way shape or form but at the end of the day i i, I come to it with a story and i think that with with part two they really killed it and they did something unexpected um uh, but i yeah, it's going to be challenging for the for three uh, for sure, especially with with the the toxicity of the community for two. How they're going to tackle that, and I hope they don't shy away from doing whatever the hell it is they want to do and not trying to win those people back. Because fuck them, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. screw them. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up hit points this week. It's time to get into the main event of the show. 
that we call the checkpoint chat. Let's do it. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right. So as promised, 2022 end of year coverage continues. We gave out letter grades to all the platform holders, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Now it's time to hand out some letter grades to the biggest third party publishers in the biz. Uh, we have nine of them hoes that we're going to be going through this week. Uh, we're going to hand out letter grades to each of them. Uh, we're going to talk about what games they came out with this year, what things they announced, what news or headlines they might have had this year, and then we're going to give out grades to each one. So, uh, Pablo, let's not waste any time. Let's jump right in, and let's start with one publisher that is, uh, has quite a, a, a notorious reputation for not being the best but let's see if uh, we think they had just as bad of a year as always. Let's talk about EA. Uh, 2022 games, they came out with Need for Speed Unbound, FIFA, Madden, F1, Grid, and NHL games. Uh, of course, they revealed Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the Dead Space remake, and Wild Hearts. And as far as news and headlines were concerned, uh, we got Vince Sampello ramping up uh, Battlefield efforts, uh, taking over that uh, franchise. Uh, Mass Effect teases for the new game, and of course, Dragon Age finally getting a name at the very least, which is something. Um, but Pablo, with those things in mind, give me a grade here. Talk about it. I want D. Um, look, the, their output isn't great. I mean, but it is what it is every year with them, with Madden and, and FIFA um, and NHL. Um, you know, Need for Speed game came out, a tired-ass racing franchise that people pretend they like uh and then with the reveals i mean i like star wars uh jedi fallen uh i'm sorry jedi survivor i thought that had a really good showing and dead space yeah. did too along with wild hearts but i mean i th these aren't exactly games that are from the dead space remake was rumored for a while and that obviously star wars is going to get a sequel but i i don't know next year next year they have one new game a remake and whatever Wild Hearts is going to end up being. I mean, I, I and out of the out of the yearly output, I'm not really excited about anything that they have going on outside of the two games that they have for such a huge company being an A. And then I think Battlefield uh, is what it is. Uh, and then I feel certain kind of way about Vincent Pella being ripped away a little bit from Respawn to work on Battlefield after you know I don't know if Battlefield is a dying um, it's a dying franchise or it's just whatever 2042 was uh, it's was wheezing just, right now it yeah is, so I, it just it just didn't feel good and then obviously mass effect teases and, and dragon age great but one of those games coming out and the fact that we've been known about dragon age 4 for so long and 2022 all of it all we got was a name it just feels like there are things coming down the pike but this year just was not it for them i just i just felt a lot of their big franchises were uh delegated to, to being these dick teases <laughs> uh with, with mass effect not showing basically nothing and then you know dragon age just showing me a name gotcha. uh so it just it just feels first out of EA, is a, it's a very hated company for many reasons. But when it comes to output, they, they sometimes be, be be dropping some fire. It, it mm -hmm. hasn't been that way for a long time for, uh, for them. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, I, I give them a D. Okay. Um, I got C- minus uh, for them. I think there's no question that to me, I think that the games that came out this year for them left a lot to be desired. Um, I felt like it was very prototypical of them. Uh, even Need for Speed, although some people swear by it, I played that. I thought it was 
booty hole. I didn't even bother putting it in loadouts. I don't think it was just not, it was not doing it for me. Um, the reason why I gave it a C minus though, is because I do think they are attempting to get that redemption arc in motion. Um, and what I see here, if you're talking about getting mass effect back in the cut, Dragon Age is is still, you know, underway. Vince Sampella reviving Battlefield. Dead Space coming back at a time where people really <laughs> want to talk about Dead Space. Uh, mm-hmm. And Star Wars Jedi Survivor being what looks to be one of the most superior looking Star Wars games we've ever seen. Um, I do see that the potential for them to kind of get their, their footing again is there. So my grade is kind of more or less acknowledging that they had a bad year of releases, but also acknowledging that there are some promising things that they have in the cards that if they can pull it off, um, they have every bit of potential in the world to have a higher grade next year. Um, But they've got to get that pipeline together and and stop making us wait so long on some of these franchises Uh, or stop limping out of the gate with others. What's the over and under that we get Dragon Age next year? What's the what? Like over under, like how, how likely do you think it is that we get Dragon Age next year? I don't think we're going to get Dragon Age next year. I think we'll get it early 2024. Because I mean, man, that, that would be, that'd be a worse year. Uh, <laughs> if you don't see any of this. I mean, how, mm. how, much, how many more times can they, can they tease these games now? You know, Mass Effect is going to, we're going to be teased with Mass Effect for a while until the game is, is, is yeah. out. But I don't know. But uh, I agree. I think there's something in motion there for sure. I just said, I, Unfortunately, I just didn't feel as strongly as you did in terms that they can actually pull it off because I don't know what, what when that's going to come to an end, when that's going to come full circle for them. Got you, got you. All right, well, let's move on to the next one, which is Capcom. Pablo, 2022 releases included Resident Evil Village Gold Edition, um, Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, and RE-verse, um, which was a, a banger. Uh- <laughs> Sarcasm alert. Uh, In terms of reveals, we had Resident Evil 4 Remake, Exo Primal, Street Fighter 6, and of course the recent announcement of Monster Hunter Rise making its way to PS5 and Xbox. Uh, And in terms of general news and headlines, nothing really big you know going on per se there was you know obviously the ps5 version or next gen versions rather of of uh, re2 and 3 and 7 um which was a nice thing to add into the mix this year but that was about it um so where do you think capcom ended up this year in terms of overall quality yeah i have them at a c plus all because of the announcements basically on the back of uh of resident evil 4 but i mean because the output this year was just kind of bad you know ultimately i mean sunbreak i hear is a great um a great expansion but it is an expansion uh and then obviously with re verse which uh, i forgot that came out and i am sure that it's a game that everybody loves. Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and then, you know, but Resident Evil 4 looks phenomenal. Street Fighter 6, not a fighting fan, looks great. The Monster Hunter Rise on PlayStation 5, Xbox stuff, that's cool as hell. I, I think that that game kind of being, st- I, I, th- I think like this about every Switch game, and I love the Switch, is that every game, every Switch game stuck stuck on the switch uh it sucks for them uh because yeah. I, I i it's cool it's not gonna be like 
completely rehauled or anything, but it, you're going to get a lot of good stuff come from the fact that the game is on uh, those consoles. And I'm kind of excited for it because I have Rise on Switch, and, and a lot of the stuff that kind of held it back for me was just it, that it was on Switch. It just didn't feel like a game that belonged on Switch. It kind of was, felt like it was being held back. So maybe I'll try that out there. But, I mean, C Plus, based on that alone, I think that they, they, they've done a lot of good, uh, and a lot of the stuff is coming next year. And, and it's, it's like you said, a like with EA building a, re, a rebuild of sorts, I think that what they're doing is continuing their success, and I and that's good to see that the future of Capcom is still mm. in good hands. It, they're not doesn't seem like they're going to fall into to the to the Capcom lulls of of, of the years before because holy shit, you know. Yeah, you know, um, I gave them a B minus, and um, I'll be honest, I I think in a lot of ways, um, they they're going to have to have a better year than this one because. Uh, Although I think they had a pretty strong year, what's what's happening to me now is I feel like they're kind of resting on their laurels a bit. Because Resident Evil is in such good shape as a franchise, and there's usually always good news coming from Resident Evil, I think they've kind of been a little lax this year when it comes to really keeping their foot on the gas and going for it. Um, so right now, I think, in my opinion, Resident Evil... Monster Hunter and Street Fighter feel like they're burger, fries, and shake. Um, and <laughs> everything else beyond that, to me, is kind of this mystery, this grab bag. Is you know, what what the hell is an exoprimal? You know, like it. It's a little weird. Um, but yeah, that burger, fries, and shake is pretty damn good, man. And and that's and that's the thing. So I give them a B minus because it was a strong, consistent year. It wasn't spectacular. But I do think that the strength of Resident Evil 4, uh, you know, in terms of its quality and persistent quality, rather, and, um, you know, seeing Monster Hunter Rise, Grace Other Consoles, and Street Fighter 6 really looking good, even though I'm not a big fighting game fan. That's pretty good, in my opinion. So I'm going to go B, B- on this one, and hopefully next year we'll have a little bit more going on besides the usual suspects. But um, that's what I got there. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Bandai Namco. Uh, in terms of 2022 games, Pablo, they had Elden Ring and a bunch of anime-ass games. I, there was like about eight of them, and I'm like, I ain't listening to all these out. That ain't happening. Yeah. Uh, they did reveal Tekken 8, which is going over quite well with the fighting game community, to say the least. Uh, Armor Core 6, uh, Fires of Rubicon is also uh, part of it That's as well. Name. And, uh, you know, in terms of other news and headlines, not much else going on, although we've heard rumblings of Elden Ring expansion content, but nothing was confirmed. But we can't really count that here. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, Pablo. Well, actually, uh, it, they, also re- they also released the, the, uh, the Elden Ring Coliseum Ah, uh, True, update. true. Yes, they did. That, that is true. So yes. They, yeah. they did that there. Listen, A+. Plus, uh Elden Ring is a revolutionary <laughs> game that has that will change the way you look at open world games for the for uh, for all time. It is a seminal moment in video game whether you love Souls likes or not. Uh, I think it's one of those games where you don't got to love it but you got to respect it. Yes. And Elden Ring is 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 all of that. Uh and I think that when you uh, are Bandai Namco and you are releasing a game with the caliber of Rainbow Six I mean, I mean, <laughs> Rainbow <laughs> <laughs> with a caliber where did you of, go? I, I don't know where I went, man. <laughs> I, I, I went down the Rainbow Road. Wow. Uh, okay. With the caliber that is Elden Ring. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't. Jesus. Uh, listen, with the caliber that is Elden Ring, it is. It is. It is hard to give him anything other than 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 an A plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, you know. Uh, yeah, all those anime ass games, whatever. Most of those games are bad, but. You know, with the future of 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 uh, bright as well, Tekken Eight, uh, Armored Core. You know, whether you're a fan or not, you have to be excited for whatever's next for Bandai Namco um, uh, and from software there. But yeah, A plus. Um, no way, no other way about it. In my opinion, I was ready to fight you if you win any anything less. Yeah, well, that's why I got A plus too. Well, I, I'm not afraid to yeah. fight you though. I think I got you on that one. But <laughs> here's the thing. Um, it you know, look. They could have done Elden Ring and, you know, nothing else this year. They could have took the rest of the year off after that, and they still would have got yeah. the same grade. And I know to some people that's going to be like, all right, come on, man, be be objective here. But, you know, all honesty, I am. Because to yeah. your point, Elden Ring is no joke. It's one of the greatest video games ever created. And anytime you can have a game like that in your catalog... It doesn't matter if you have a bunch of anime ass games or a bunch of any ass games. Like it, it <laughs> makes no difference. It's it's gonna be an A plus year. That is the absolute best case scenario you want as a video game publisher or developer. Right. You wanna be able to say, We made one of the greatest video games ever created. And it's not even like it's, it's like a, a cult classic. That thing's sold. It's still selling. It's not like this little niche. Oh, you know, you you heard of that game Elden Ring everyone's talking about? It's selling, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, they killed it this year. They really did. And there's just no way of, of getting around that. It's just, it is what it is. So, yeah, A-plus is going to probably, you know, raise some eyebrows, some of our listeners, but I don't give fuck. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's what it has to be, man. It's just, it's they had one of the greatest games ever. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, um, what are you do about it? So let's move on, man. Next one on the list. We have uh, Activision Blizzard out here, man. Let's talk about it. We have uh, Overwatch 2, Modern Warfare 2, Warzone 2.0, Diablo Immortals, uh, all games that came out this year. In terms of reveals, we didn't really see anything new, but we kind of got some updates on like Diablo 4 and whatnot, stuff like that. Um, And, you know, the acquisition saga in terms of news and headlines and finding out there's no new mainline Call of Duty in 2023, but that they're going to just be supporting Modern warfare 2 with additional content uh as well so with all these things in mind bro what are you thinking and what grade are you giving these guys yeah i think i'm gonna call an audible here because i was under the impression that they um and i just should should have done my research is they announced diablo 4 but that that was announced like three years ago now that i'm thinking about it so i'm actually gonna go um c plus for them um mm. in in because in, i had a b okay uh, but i'm gonna go c plus for them my reason behind that is because i love overwatch 2 love it i i think modern warfare 2 is a, the the a good a call of duty you know I agree. The, the, the good for us it's what we like what we don't like a good call of duty love that story um uh the multiplayer is great uh warzone 2 uh and diablo mortal is also out um but you know Overwatch 2 didn't have a great launch and it is controversial in its in its release and, and what it is and, and what constitutes a part two and there's a lot of issues there. Uh Modern Warfare, you know, even though it is good, it is just another Call of Duty. And then 
all the issues that Activision Blizzard continues to have throughout um, is 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 mind-boggling in ways that I don't even understand how a huge company like this can still have these these issues. But ultimately, um, just focusing more on the video game aspect part of it, you know, all in all, it's a good bunch of games that came out this year under the Activision Blizzard banner um the acquisition the acquisition saga it, it, that hit hard that that story came out in January right that the Xbox is buying uh Blizzard Activision that that was huge and then it just kind of devolved into this whole fucking mess of console warring and console baiting perpetuated and and deliberately being uh done by the heads of each of the organizations of Microsoft and PlayStation, which is wild <laughs> as they stood there for years and told us, guys, we all love each other. Congratulations to Sony for releasing God of War. Like those are the kind of tweets that Phil Spencer, we ain't seen that for Ragnarok this year. They've completely become the kings of their domain by <laughs> by perpetuating these these, these wars. But um, ultimately, I, you know, again, just pairing that back and, and kind of focusing on, on the company as a, as a whole, I think a C plus is is more than fair, and if not, um, even a little bit, you know, being a little nice about it. So we're not too far apart, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, in all honesty, this was probably one of the harder ones to grade because there's yeah. so many different variables here, right? Um, the acquisition saga, to me, has completely overshadowed everything they've done on the software front. Um, Hell yeah. It's, it's worked for them and it's worked against them because it's helped kind of take people's attention off of maybe what was not so great of a starting point for Overwatch 2 and Diablo Immortals. But it also, you know, it with Call of Duty being at the epicenter of so much of that discourse, it, it also brought a lot of attention and, and eyes and, and money to Modern Warfare and Warzone 2.0. So it, it's, it's been a weird dichotomy there, to say the least. At the end of the day, though, I've always believed in my heart that Activision Blizzard is one of the most overrated companies in gaming history, in my opinion. They've had some, <laughs> they've had some games that I've... Look, me and Pablo have talked many times about how Overwatch was an obsession for you know months, if not years. And that's all fine and good. And Call of Duty, we've all had our time with Call of Duty. But at the end of the day, I just feel like they are such a stagnant company that I am dying for them to be acquired so that something new can start to happen. And we're not just waiting on the same shit and seeing the same problems happening uh, as well. And, you know, and listen, I know this is kind of beating a dead horse, but any any company with a guy by the name of Bobby Kotick running the show is not a company I'm going to tend to rate highly, you know, and that's just... I mean, it, on that alone, F Yeah, exactly. Year. So, I mean, uh, already... It's it's a, it's a bit of a climb, but I'll put them at C minus because I think that what, what they did do well, they did pretty damn well, and you know, but it's just it's just tricky. It's just really tricky, and I don't how I don't know how else to say it other than that. It's just been a C minus kind of year in my brain. I hope that once the dust settles on all this acquisition drama, we can start to see what the new Activision Blizzard's going to be functioning like, and maybe that company is more exciting than this one is but right now this just feels like a very boring stagnant ass company that is just not yeah. maximizing their potential when you think about all these franchises that they have in their catalog that they just don't touch you know it's getting really ridiculous you know so i don't know man we'll see how it goes in the end but i'm, I'm going with c minus so let's move on 
Up next, we have Sega. Uh, 2022 games included Sonic Frontiers, uh, Persona 5 Royal on um, you know a multi-platform level now, uh, Lost Judgment, The Kaito Files, and Two Point Campus. Uh, in terms of reveals, we got a slew of Like a Dragon games announced. And uh, in terms of news and headlines, obviously Persona coming to Xbox and Switch was a pretty big one uh, for Sega indeed. Uh, but Pablo, with all that in mind, what are you thinking in terms of a grade? Yeah, also uh, the headline there is uh, Yuji Naka, the creator of Sonic, being arrested for oh, insider trading. <laughs> That's the second Akon <laughs> reference in the show's history, guys. It's funny because the, the, there's some Japanese... Uh, uh, there's some Japanese conspiracy theories on some of their boards saying that Yuji Naka is being targeted uh, because of all the comments <laughs> he said about uh, Ballad of Wonderland and, yeah, and, and, and everything with, with Sega. And so it's kind of like, yeah, they're, they're throwing him under the bus, which could be. But anyway, uh, I have him at C minus. Uh, look, um, Sonic Frontier is garbage. Persona 5 Royal, old game. Uh, Lost Judgment, the Kato Files, it's a story expansion. And then Two Point Campus, who gives a fuck? I, it's just, it, it, it just the output of games are fine. It's just not great. New Like a Dragon games, great. Can't wait for those. Uh, uh, Ishin is coming out early next year. That's a super exciting game. Can't wait for that. And then, you know, with Persona on Xbox, which I, I think that that's awesome news, especially because you're getting Persona 5 Golden and uh, Persona 4 Golden and 3 as well. So th- that's cool news. But. You know, I I, just, I don't think Sega is doing enough to move the needle in any one, which way. I think they're uh, they're sticking to their guns to what they're, which is Yakuza has had, had a resurgence in the last five years, and they're sticking to that. I you know, Sonic Frontiers for me is just one of those games that just is is is, is a bad game all around, and Sonic uh, Sonic lovers will defend it to the end of the day. So whatever. But I I just I, they're not doing anything interesting. They're not doing anything that interests me other than what, the stuff that I already like from Sega. So uh, their future for me is is just they've they've be, lately become the like a dragon studio. Uh, when I see Sega. All I think about now is just Yakuza. There's nothing really there that they have in their repertoire that's really exciting for me at all. Obviously, the Persona games, but you know, Persona new games come, they come out what every five, six, seven years. So it's not really something that you can look forward to year in year out. Hopefully, we get a Persona Six announcement this year. That'd be dope uh, next year. But yeah, man, I it just it's a C minus. Sega will perpetually always be like a C studio until they do something more. Uh, the year that they announce the Persona Six, you'll probably get a little bump, and the year they release Persona Six, they'll get a probably bigger bump. But other than that, uh, it's a C. It's a C minus for me. Um, yeah, I was a little bit more lenient on Sega in contrast to you. I gave them a B. Um, I think that Persona coming to other consoles that are not named PlayStation is a huge deal. Um, and not just in the, in terms of spinoffs, but mainline Persona games. I think that's huge. And I think that's going to be something that'll pay off in dividends in the future for sure with new games. But in the meantime, it is great to see the Nintendo community get uh, a, top-class JRPG on the console, and Xbox obviously dehydrated when it comes to Japanese <laughs> market. They this need try that. To, this will try to live off Blue Dragon. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> they are parched for some JRPGs. So, look, that's huge. And I love the fact that they are striking up those relationships, particularly with Xbox. I think I think they're trying to be chose, Pablo. I think, I think they want to be acquired. I think they will be... 
we'll get into some predictions about next year and a future episode coming next week. But I, I think Sega is potentially positioning themselves to get swept up. Um, by who we'll get, maybe we'll talk about that next time. But look, obviously when you have Sonic coming out, it's it's gonna draw attention, even though me and Pablo are notorious for saying it's it's not deserved. And I don't think it's any exception this year, but hey, look, they got a Sonic game out, so that counts for something, and it's selling pretty decently. So hey, well, you know, okay. And, and I, bro, I I've been seeing top ten lists uh, by people on Twitter, people that I follow, uh, journalists, and they have Sonic Frontiers on there, so it, it's worth talking. It has to yeah. mean something, yeah, that they're fucking crazy. <laughs> because Jesus, okay. I don't know why you turned into a good old country boy when you said that. So look, the new Like a Dragon games that they announced—that's huge. I love that, and that's you know—is that going to be an industry, you know, uh, lighting a fire in the whole industry? No, it's not. I mean, it's still a very cult classic niche kind of you know franchise and that's okay but the fact that they got such a hell of a pipeline for that franchise is really exciting to me so this grade is is on how marco feels about it it's not about how you know i think the internet's gonna feel so i'm saying b um you know and obviously i I forgot to mention it but lost judgment kaito files was was oh that was good it was good it was good time my my only my only thing with with persona coming to different consoles is that it's it should have happened a long time ago. So it just kind of feels kind of That's like true. That's true. Too little, too late kind of thing. But um, yeah, yeah, I. That's that is big news though. You you are right. All right. Uh, well, let's keep it rolling and let's get to the next company here, and that is Square Enix. In terms of 2022 games, uh, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. We have Star Ocean gets gets a new game, Crisis Core. Dying Light 2, Triangle Strategy, Babylon's Fall, Harvestella, Valkyrie Chronicles, Front Mission Remake. Uh, A lot of stuff, man. In terms of reveals, of course, uh, Final Fantasy Rebirth was announced, and so was Crisis Core before it ultimately came out uh, very recently. And in terms of news and headlines and general goings-on, Forspoken gets delayed, Forspoken gets a demo. That's uh, booty juice. That Uh, demo should have been delayed. Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, the big story was was selling uh, some of their studios to Embracer Group, uh, which was a big one because that involved a lot of IP like Tomb Raider exchanging hands along with a lot of very talented developers as well. Uh, so, Pablo, with that in mind, what are you thinking? Yeah, I gave him a D plus. I mean, this was like this was Square Enix here to just shit out the the crap. I mean, they they got Stranger Paradise out, <laughs> Star Ocean was bad, Crisis Core is is good, uh, Dying Light Two was was mid maybe you know Triangle Strategy nobody cares, Babylon's Fall was set out to die, and then of course uh, Harvestella mid Valkyrie mid Front Mission remake all intents and purposes in terms of uh, uh what front. The ratings for Front Mission Remake were horrible, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and go with that. Um, the reveals were great. I mean, um, 7 Rebirth and Crisis Core. I mean, we, we knew Rebirth was coming. We didn't know what it was called, but we knew that was coming eventually. Um, so no big surprises there outside of Crisis Core. And you know my thoughts on Crisis Core, so that being their big, huge news isn't really exactly like going to blow me out, uh, blow me, blow me away, but... You know, and then Forspoken Delay, you know, a game that I'm not interested in getting delayed is is one thing, but it's just, man, that demo was bad. Um, And then selling 
pretty much 90% of why I care about Square Enix to a, 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 a publisher that is known to release mid-as-fucking games is concerning to me. The news came out recently that Amazon will be publishing the next uh, Tomb Raider as well, yep. the side piece. Yep. So all, all, and it's going to have multiplayer as well. So already Here I'm a go. little concerned for Tomb Raider based on this. And I'll, I blame Square Enix. Square Enix is trying to make themselves thin so they can get acquired by Sega, uh, by uh, Sony, it looks like. Uh, we'll see what happens once everything else clears up. But uh, yeah, it just nothing remarkable about Square Enix happened this year, which is unfortunate after them having such banger years. Uh, but easily for me, D+. Yeah, I mean, this was another tricky one for me, too, because I have to agree, this was one of the middest years I've seen uh, from Square Enix. And I, I, I'm i never going to fault a company for deciding to restructure or shift a focus to other things. You know, the, the, the gaming industry is so fluid and so unpredictable at times that... Well, allow me. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, um, but, the, you know, look... They they were in a very unique position coming from such a storied, you know, uh, level of prominence when it comes to the Japanese market. And when they tried all those years ago to really start appealing to the West, I think I think it always felt like they were out of their element. Um, does that mean that every game they put out was bad? Of course not. Tomb Raider, the, the reboot of Tr- Tomb Raider was was very good. Deus Ex was very good. You know, like they've had some some solid ass games. But the thing is, is that they could have probably been so much more yeah. uh, if Square really knew how to treat those Western studios. But they never really did. Now, it's kind of going from bad to worse by selling it to Embracer for the points that you mentioned. So now yeah. I'm doubly as worried. But I, I will say that the things that they they do right in terms of the Japanese market. I'm cool with them doubling down on that, but they've got to get out of this mid mode that they're in. I mean, some of the games we rattled off, it's like, I forgot some of this stuff came out, man. Uh, it's, this is, this is about as bland of a list as it, this is rice cake bland. When I saw this is you put Babylon's Fall, I'm like, no, that game came out years ago. And I'm like, no, yeah, I, I thought it came out in 2020 or something like that. I'm like, you know, wait, it is out this year. Oh, that's terrible. So, yeah, I mean, look, they've got to pick it up. You know, you made these big moves, you you restructured, you refocused. And listen, I'm, I'll, let's let's call the elephant in the room out. If you're trying to get sold to Sony, the best way to do that is to stop putting out these mid-ass games. Yeah. You, you know, like you got Final Fantasy 16, it looks great. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth looks great. Crisis Core came out pretty great. If you want to get acquired, you got to put out more than Harvestella and Valkyrie Chronicles. I mean, and a Valkyrie remake Chronicles of- was a black spot on the exclusive uh, play uh, the PlayStation exclusive uh, room because it was exclusive yeah. to PlayStation. So it's like yeah, and they, they and do they're such for good- two now with yeah. Forspoken looking like garbage. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Oof. So yeah, they want to get PlayStation to buy up. Man, you gotta. You got to make games that actually matter that aren't named Final Fantasy. I'm sorry. PlayStation would be like, nah, we good. (laughs) Jim's like, no, I'll pass. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I got C- on them. Uh, Coming up next, we got Ubisoft, Pablo. We had had to talk about them. We had to do it. uh, 2022 games include Mario Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. We had Rainbow Six Extraction. 
Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, <laughs> Dawn of Ragnarok, <laughs> and <a> Roller <laughs> Champions. <laughs> uh, reveals. We had that whole pipeline of new Assassin's Creed games. It's coming to everything. It's taking place everywhere. Uh, if you didn't already know. Yeah. Skull and Bones got delayed. Oh, no. Shock. Splinter Cell is probably going to happen. Prince of Persia remake is canceled, and Beyond Good and Evil is still in now, pre-production. <laughs> now, I will say, the Prince of Persia, it's not, it's not canceled. They canceled pre-orders, and they're re- remake, they're redoing uh, Prince of Persia, but Prince of Persia remake as it was did no longer exist. So, yeah. And all that to say, who gives a fuck F? Listen, mm. <laughs> Mario Rabbit is good, and that's it. I, our our six extraction, we had Rainbow Six extraction. We had a good time with that. I, yeah. I, that was fun. But it, it, yeah. it, it, we we played it for five minutes. It was no siege, you know. Uh, and then everything else on this Royal Champions was set out to die of an expansion of for me one of the worst uh, uh, Assassin's Creed games that have come out in the last ten years. I uh, I don't care about anything more Assassin's Creed uh, co- converting the beloved Assassin's Creed into a uh, into a paid uh, into a service at uh, service games with with the exception. The Mirage, I, yeah. I, there's nothing that Ubisoft has. There's nothing Ubisoft has done in the last couple of years, and I don't think there's anything Ubisoft can do to make me like them again. Uh, I think they have a long way to go here. I think um, Ubisoft is one of the worst companies making video games right now in terms of their st- their current state, and I and I want them to stop being shit because I love Assassin's Creed. I, I I love Siege still. With all my heart, uh, games like Mario Rabbids are super dope. Roller Champions, I played that game this year. That could have been something if they put something behind it. Uh, but unfortunately, they are concerning themselves with they worry about the wrong things. That's a Kanye for you, which we don't we don't rep Kanye no more. He's canceled. But anyway, um, <laughs> Ubisoft just ain't ain't it, man. F for Ubisoft is the Elon Musk of games. Yeah, you, Eve's girl. Uh, F for uh, I just for wanted fuck, you to say for his fuck name boy. one time. Eve Gimalt for fuckboy of the year. <laughs> F. It's the Walt Disney of games. <laughs> um, all right, look. I was going to give it an F as well. I was. I was. I was. Man, I, when late, I saw. Not too late. There was there was hate in my heart for this this company so bad that when I got to this grade I started smiling. That's how sadistic I was. <laughs> about that's it. what I did. I'm smiling right now. Come to the dark side. Change it. <laughs> Audible. But here's Payton the thing. Manny. I went with D plus, and and I went with D plus solely because Rabbit Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope turned out good, and they I did. did enjoy my time, albeit brief time, with Rainbow Six Extraction. We did, we did, and that's really all I got here. And Splinter Cell. I mean, the promise of it, that at least. Even even that even that to me is that felt so out of place to me because it felt like they were only announcing that as like an ad to kind of recruit talent more so than having any real direction on what they wanted to do. And that was the, yeah, that's what they, that's what the rumor was. And that sucks. Yeah. And to me, that's not, that's not instilling any confidence in me. You're just, you're just, Hey, we're going to make this someday. Well, you, you know, look at your track record, bro. Like you, everything else you're doing. <laughs> beyond, that good, you, beyond good, beyond and evil, good and evil under too. pre-production. It's been in development for 37 years. Yeah, has No hyperbole either, by the way. No, look, okay. All jokes aside, 
it's time for Ubisoft to get their shit together. They have to. It's time. Like this sell, sell. Everything that they're doing right now is is like a it's like a cross between trying to stick to their guns and be annoying versus trying to initiate that redemption arc that I talked about, like with EA. Except at least with EA, you can see at least some of the fruits of their labor. Yeah. We we don't see shit that Ubisoft is trying to do to redeem themselves. We just keep getting uh, a bunch of, of concept art and, uh, you know, more information soon. And soon is not happening, right? So it just feels like they are perpetually, like, pushing the proverbial car, right? Instead of just fixing what's wrong with the car and starting. It, it's so annoying, man. It's like, I'm tired of watching this company struggle, and I'm tired of watching them pretend like they're still the shit. You're not. You're 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 one of the most awful companies in gaming. And you are doing that in this pseudo glamorous fashion like look at us. Check out our new pipeline for Assassin's Creed games. Motherfucker, make a good one. I'm saying, I don't I don't care where you put them now. I don't care if they're in ancient Egypt, Japan, feudal Japan, 2000s Japan, like or Orlando, just make Florida. It good. You put it in Orlando, put it in Disney. <laughs> with- <laughs> <laughs> with the hey. new Walt Disney <laughs> oh my god listen he was I, a Templar Walt Disney was a Templar Templar <laughs> man I'll tell you um, you know you got other companies out here doing shit like with their employees and being horrible companies to work with Ubisoft yeah. is doing that and making trash games you can't do both no 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 so yeah D plus for me borderline F but I'm gonna give them a little bit of grace cause they did have two things that were alright that's for fuckery. Let's move on though, though. Let's 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 shake the cobwebs off of that. They just they just stink up the joint. Um, CD Projekt Red. Speaking of redemption arcs, they are on a quest to, to do just that. To do just that, sir. Twenty twenty two games really just included the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven next gen free upgrade and the Witcher 3's next gen free upgrade that we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, in terms of reveals, we had the Phantom Liberty DLC announced for Cyberpunk, the Witcher remake confirmed, Project Hadar, which is a new unannounced IP or unrevealed IP, I should say, Project Orion, which is a Cyberpunk sequel, Project Polaris, a new Witcher game, Project Sirius, which is a multiplayer game based in the Witcher universe. So they had a lot of stuff in their roadmap. Uh, and in terms of news and headlines, yes, the roadmap for uh, CDPR's future uh, was shown to us. And, you know, obviously, you know, it, it goes without saying what their journey has been like since 2020. Uh, but Pablo, how do you think they fared this year, all things considered? Yeah, I, I think that they've, uh, first of all, they, they've uh, pretty much now fixed uh, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, and then they've given us a new upgrade to it in terms of next gen, and then they did that with their most beloved game at Witcher 3, which is all in all great. But then again, they've really showed us that they are not done, that they're not going to let the, the issues with Cyberpunk 2077 kind of slow them down. As a matter of fact, they've doubled and tripled down on that IP, as well as Witcher uh, IP, and then, you know, pretty much just letting us, giving us, being as open as a, a company can be. No other company has done this this year. It literally give you the, the 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 roadmap. Now that's a little dangerous, of course, because people will now have that on hand and they'll have that to, to look at and be like, um, "You said 
Yeah, you said. Yeah. By the way, I don't think I, I said what it was. I, I'm giving I'm giving them an A here for, for for everything they've done so far. But I mean, this has potential to definitely backfire. But uh, I would say, with the confidence in which they revealed this stuff, I'm really excited about the Witcher remake. I'm really excited about Cyberpunk sequel. I'm super excited for more Witcher. This is all the stuff that I want. Again, this is very much about me and and, and how, how I feel about their IP and I think CDPR is is one of the best in the game and I cannot wait to, to see more of them and this is this is amazing for, for me in terms of seeing what they have in the future so a for me yeah man I'm, I'm not too far away I got B plus for these uh, for these guys I mean I think in terms of redeeming themselves I think they did just about as much as they could possibly do. Uh, they they made right some of their wrongs with Cyberpunk. They got the next gen version out, plays well, runs well. There's no excuse to not go play it now. Witcher three turned out fine as an upgrade as well, and it's free. Can't complain about that. Uh, their roadmap, to your point, yes, you gotta kind of show me you can actually handle all this and not you know have the same issues that you had this last time around in terms of just not you know, getting your game done before it comes out. But I will say, I think a large portion of that, looking back in hindsight, was just the, the commitment to last-gen consoles that shouldn't have been. Right. And I think if they now that they're getting past that, and it, if they can really just lock in and, and develop these games on platforms that make sense when they do come out, they'll, they should have less problems. Should, being the operative word. Right. Um, so by all in you know accounts, they they are doing the best they can. But the reason why I can't go higher than a B plus is because there is only but so much they can do. You know they still have that stink on them a little bit, and you know um, promising as much as they did with the roadmap they have, it's nice and it's exciting. And I heard a lot of things I wanted to hear, but it's also a little bit it's a little spooky too because it's like can you handle what you are claiming you got in in the tank? I have a theory about why they announced as much as they did. I'll save that for the predictions episode. Um, but I think overall that they had a pretty strong year, all things considered. So I'm going to go B plus on that one. Uh, and rounding out our coverage, I think this is the last one, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? We yeah. have Take-Two Interactive. Uh, so Take-Two, obviously, you know, they're responsible for you know Rockstar Games, for Access 2K, and so on, if, if you're not familiar. Uh, in terms of games, NBA 2K, PGA Tour, WWE 2K, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Roller Drome, Ali Ali World. Uh, and of course, with reveals, we heard about uh, Judas or saw Judas for the first time. Uh, know about the new Mafia game coming. GTA 6 uh, was unofficially <laughs> announced, but we kind of have to acknowledge they had it. A, but they, had, they, they actually... Rockstar did release a Twitter they thing did. about That's saying true. It, it does exist. Unfortunately, it came out this way. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. And of course, Max Payne 1 and 2 getting remade by uh, with co-development with Remedy, which is pretty cool too. News and headlines. We had, uh, of course, we just mentioned the GTA 6 uh, leak that happened. Rockstar canceling the Red Dead Redemption uh, and GTA 4 projects with remasters or, or just next-gen versions uh, to kind of uh, funnel everybody into GTA 6 to work on that game, which was a pretty, you know, was a bittersweet one there for sure. Uh, but Pablo, with all that in mind, Take-Two gets what? 
I went I went B here. Um, they're by yeah. far probably the biggest company, so they have the most diversified portfolio. So it's kind of hard to pin them down specifically because they have a lot of things going on. But I felt like this is a good thing to talk about because basically on Rockstar and 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 um, and Fraxis and all of them. But I, I I give them a B because I I feel like Marvel's Midnight Times was great. Roller Drone people really like uh, responded to that game. All the Ollie World people like that game as well. And then NBA 2K. Um, I don't play that game, but people tend to have like this year's version, PGA Tour, and WWE 2K was, you know, on the comeback after 2020 was such a disaster, so they had really good stuff going uh, going on there when it comes to the games. As it reveals, I mean, as, as a huge Ken Levine fan, and, and and I guess that's not really popular to say now because of how shitty of, your bo- shitty of your boss, shitty of a boss he is, but as a great Ken Levine uh, ideas fan, um, <laughs> Judas was announced, uh, Grand Theft Auto Six, come on, that's 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 the game that people are anticipating all around the world that that likes video, and then obviously Max Payne one and two remakes, that's awesome. I, I mean, I, um, you know, and then the headlines, everything that's going on with them. I, I just I just felt like this was a very solid year for Take Two Interactive, even though that they had to go through what they had to go through with the Grand Theft Auto leaks, uh, and I'm just super excited for what they have going on in the future and uh, the stuff that I released this year was pretty solid, you know. So it's it's like a solid year for me uh, for them. That's why I went and gave him a B. Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest in saying that I'm not a big Take-Two fan in general. I find them to be uh, kind of nefarious in some ways, a little shady in others. They're just not a company that I look at and go, wow, they are really dope as as, as a company, uh, the way that I feel about other companies that we talked about here. Um, but despite that, I do think that I agree that they had a pretty strong year, so I gave them a B minus. I think that the games that they put out this year, I'd say they're more or less pedestrian. I mean, some stuff stood out. I think a lot of people are big on WWE 2K this year. I have a friend of the show, Will. Shout out to you. Plays the hell out of this game. I mean, he's put in like almost 200 hours into this thing because of the uh you know the, the GM mode and all that stuff. So like people really get into this stuff now. Marvel's Midnight Suns obviously panned out well in the end despite some shaky development stuff we heard about. Um so you know, I can't complain too much, but I do think that it could have been a maybe a better year for them with releases, but it wasn't a bad year. Um reveals I think is where I look at this as a strong year with Judas and the new Mafia game and GTA 6 uh, showing up, you know, accidentally, obviously. Max Payne getting a new lease on life again, which is really exciting. I mean, some of that stuff is like a dream come true for a lot of us. I mean, particularly for me, Max Payne is is coming back. Like, that's, that's nuts to me. Max Payne 3 is, it's usually knocking on my door of top 10 games of all time. Underrated. You know, and, and... and one and two are, are, you know, classics to me as well. So it's like, you know, how, how could I not be excited about that? You know, um, I think it sucks that, you know, they're, they're funneling all their, develop, their development manpower into GTA 6. But at the same time, I get it. It's GTA 6, you guys. I mean, there's a reason why GTA 5 has been on 93 different consoles. I mean, it just prints money. So they got to get that right. And, and that game's scope and scale and vision is going to be massive. And so that's not the game you want to mess up. So I, I get it. It's a tough pill to swallow. I would have loved to have seen Pablo get his GTA 4 remaster. I would have loved getting a 60 FPS mode for Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, that would have made that game a lot more tolerable for me. 
but it's not where we're at and it's not the top priority and I get it. So I, I overall, I think they did great. I think they had a, a solid year, but you know, the proof is in the pudding. So, I mean, after this year, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, a lot of this stuff is a ways off. We're not getting GTA six next year. I mean, unless oh, that's what everybody's oh. running from in terms of like, what's going to happen in fall of next year. I don't, what, then I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. So it could be a very dry year coming up for them. Uh, yeah, because everything that they've announced, uh, I mean, Judas might be the only game that's probably close to coming out. So yeah, uh, it's possible. But, yeah, but if Judas is the only game for twenty twenty three for them, um, I don't know. I yeah. don't. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know here. either, man. But I do know one thing: that is going to do it for us. Okay, we ran through all of the major third parties, handed out grades. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, if you enjoyed this, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you if you liked it. Because, like I said at the top of the show, Game of the Year content is coming very very soon. And with next week's episode being our 2023 prediction special, you're not going to want to miss this stuff, man. If you thought this was entertaining, just wait till you hear some of our batshit predictions uh, we got in store for all of crazy. us. It's going to go crazy, hoes. Uh, until next time, though, subscribe to us, follow us on social media at It's Cooldown Time. Keep us in your FOV. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.